What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, April 5th. The NFL 2021 draft is in the books. The Roger saga continues. Kevin Love is making a very interesting declaration. LeBron James called out the whole NBA and probably the biggest headliner tonight. Marvin Scott returns, boys. Audience. Biggest headliner. Let's go. Wires. Let's get it, y'all. Right now. Let's go. Right. All right. Welcome to the wire. We hope that you uh, are ready for some sports action because there's a lot to talk about this week, fellas. How we doing? Real quick. How's Marvin hey. doing? How's Marvin hey, doing? I'm good, y'all. I'm just ready to get it rolling. Glad to be back. Glad to see y'all. Let's get it going, y'all. Let's get it. Let's get it. Man, Marvin Scott back. You got a lot. Got a lot to cover. A lot of a lot shit of is cover. going down. <laughs> a so, lot of cover. So I'm, I'm here for Sai. I'm here. I'm here for Sai. It's uh unpredictability <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know glad right. you're back homie well we, yeah, uh, brother. we we touched on last week aaron Rodgers uh and that growing situation well actually stalemated situation in green bay um with brian gunkunst uh i know i said his name wrong again his Boy, last did he week. pronounce that right I, th- I think so. Gutkunst? Is that Gutekunst. Right? Is it Gutekunst? Gutekunst. Gutekunst. Brian G. Uh, anyway, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> talked to several members of the Green Bay staff about how he does not want to return to the team uh, this upcoming season. Following uh, Brian G's statements last week when he said, Rodgers is our guy. Um, we all know that if Green Bay doesn't make a move on Aaron Rodgers' behalf, then last year's MVP quarterback will really have only two options, right? He can either play or he can go home because he's got that, uh, just a a friendly reminder before we said it, he's got that um, no trade stipulation in his contract. When he signed, it was clear that he was comfortable at Green Bay. So first question, and we'll send it around uh, and whoever wants it can pick it up first. If this stalemate persists, what do you think Aaron Rodgers will do? Will he play or will he go home? Marvin's the cheesehead, so Marvin, please, first. Whew. Man, you had to you had to go there on me, Richie. Man, you had to bring that up, man. Uh, it, it, I, first of all, I gotta tell you, it, it's it hurts being a Packers fan. It really has. Like, I mean, just when you you, you think the regular season is going well, you get to the postseason, um, all those postseason hopes go away. Uh, going to a Super Bowl and you hoping Aaron Rodgers goes back to a Super Bowl. It just seems like it's just, it just never happens. Well, it just hasn't been the case. But I think that in this case here, I had to think about it. I think Aaron Rodgers ultimately should play. And Brian Gutekinds should be fired. I, th- I think that should happen because when you think about it, they have failed to put a consistent defense around well they haven't built a consistent defense since the 2010 Super Bowl run and that's a damn shame now you've got a transcendent quarterback a generational talent that you've that to me in my eyes has gone to waste in the last in the last 10 years the last decade you know NFC championship game after NFC championship game and they still can't get it done and really, it doesn't really fall on the offense. I mean, sure, Aaron Rodgers can take some ownership in some of those those playoff games. But when you really look at the bigger picture of it, it was the defense. You know, those general managers haven't done enough to put a defense around Aaron Rodgers. You're talking about building a team around somebody, around your star quarterback. If he's your guy, why haven't you done that? Why did you trade go trade up in the draft to get a quarterback and not even tell your franchise quarterback. They didn't even pick up the phone. Like, they didn't even call him. Not even a text. Not not a Slack message. Nothing. They didn't even hit Aaron Rodgers up. Nothing at all. So, 
when you really think about it, they're the ones that's the problem. So if Aaron Rodgers is requesting that one of them be fired or both be fired, which I don't think both of them are going to be fired in this, I mean, in this situation, but I think you could fire, you know, Brian Goodigans, you could fire him. You know, he hasn't done shit. You ask me, you know, you haven't put a consistent, you know, like I said, you haven't put a, a, a winner together. You know, to me, you've gotten to the NFC championship game, but you still haven't included your, your star quarterback and a lot of the decisions that have been made over the years. And speaking as a Packers fan, I know this because I've seen the holes. I've seen them not have a rushing defense. How glaring is that year after year? You know, Todd Gurley, who's got arthritic knees, can have a 100-yard game on the Packers. I remember that because he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> so it just really, when you look at it, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't, re- you know, re- shouldn't retire. We don't want to see that. He's 37 years old. And I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, well, maybe a, a new change of scenery would be great for him. But I don't really think so. I mean, who's his candidates? I mean, with the Raiders and you got with the Broncos reportedly right. I just don't even see that being a great fit. You got a generational talent, Devontae Adams. You really want to leave that? Like you, you really want to leave like this off this offense? I would say he should. Uh, they should do what Aaron White. If he's your guy, fire Brian Gutekinds. Fire that dude, so you can have a general manager that can make the best decisions for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career if he wants to stay there. You know, because we all don't want to see him pull a Carson Palmer and just up and, you know, retire, you know, hold his ball and just say, I'm going to retire. Nobody wants to see that. Like, that's not good for football, you know, and nobody and nobody wants to no disrespect to Jordan Love. But almost nobody wants to see him play as a Packers fan. I want to see him play once here Rodgers. Like you got to the NFC championship game. Do what the man give give the man what he wants. Sahi, does Aaron Rodgers play or does he go host Jeopardy? What do you think? <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, is he going to play or is he hosting Jeopardy? As a Bucks fan, <laughs> um, is, as a Bucks fan, I want Aaron Rodgers to go home. Get that bad man out of Green Bay. We don't want to see him. He's too good. I'm glad the Packers are messing it up for him. They're idiots. <laughs> How do you got a former MVP and he's talking about get? he wants to leave? Like, you should really do everything in your power that he wants to do. They should be bowing down to Aaron Rodgers. Philly made a shrine to a Nick Foles when he won him that Super Bowl. Nick Foles, and he's bouncing around the league. This dude had a Third shrine string in, in Chicago. Third, third string in str- Chicago. Third string. And, and Aaron Rodgers is doing everything he can. NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game. I've seen what the Packers look like. I'm sure you have, Mark, of when Aaron Rodgers is maybe hurt, he's not in. Who do they have? Brent Hutley, uh, the rookie. From, they look terrible. I don't care if Jordan Love's going to come in. He's not He's not going to do what Aaron Rodgers can do. The The reason why they're good and they win because he's smart and he, he can make the plays that's necessary to be made to win close games. And you're not going to find that in everybody. I mean, I really feel like he's going to play, but it's going to be ugly in Green Bay. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping he leaves. I'm hoping he leaves, though. Richie, I, I want to know your answer to the same question, whether or not he's going to play or go home. But I also, you know, as a sidebar question for you, I guess you could say Rogers was initially, uh, and I have to do this much, cheesed off <laughs> uh, when they when they traded up to, to get Jordan Love in, in the draft yes. last year. My question is, to end, my side question, obviously, does he play or go home? But in, or, to, in order to end this stalemate, what does he want? What is what does Aaron Rodgers want to happen so that he will play? Yeah, okay. So do I think he's going to play or take the ball home? I think he's going to play. But what I will say is the entire NFC North and the Denver Broncos are really happy about what's going on right now. Let's just put it that way. Let's put it that way. Because, you know, uh, generational talent. Um, but like I said last week on The Wire, 
uh, 37 years old. Same statistics as Brett Favre when he was jettisoned from Green Bay. Obviously in different circumstances, but just saying it's very possible this this trade or something happens in terms minus of what the are interceptions he, well well my minus the, well yeah right minus the interceptions but again let's give the man some respect three-time mvp brett Favre. but having said that aaron Rodgers, current mvp reigning mvp you trade up in the draft originally allegedly it was reported you wanted a wide receiver but you lost the two opportunities for the guys you had planned so you just go uh love and you didn't call aaron no no nobody believes that you had time to talk to aaron now what does he want to Justin's point? I'm not really sure other than he wants the people who scorned him like fired, right? Clearly. Um, here's what I will say, uh, because a lot has been spoken already about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, period. Uh, but honestly, I will say kind of a diva, personally. You know, like, oh no, they drafted my... He, he talked earlier about he wants, you know to compete and he will always win the competition and then they draft a kid in the first round and now he's upset now don't get me wrong it's more to it than that it's that you could have drafted a defensive player to marvin's point but i'm just saying on some levels you're 37 years old at some point they have to groom someone while you're still competitive and ride the pony like in the modern nfl too often we see these guys just going in and being bust because they're not the NFL is challenging. Look at Peyton Manning, 28 interceptions his rookie year, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You can't just throw people in there. So I I don't I get why he's upset because he wanted defensive players and potentially another weapon on offense. And if you're going to give it to a quarterback, he's the guy to get it over Patrick Mahomes, over Tom Brady, it's this guy. 78% of his passes went to Devontae Adams last year. That's indicative of one, he loves Adams, but two, it's the only guy he trusts. So sure, you got to draft some more offense for him. But I don't, to answer the question again, I don't know what he wants. I think he just wants some, some heads to roll, right? He's just like, all these people have put me in position. You know, you finally got rid of Mike McCarthy eight years too late. And now you've been leaving me with this, these GMs that don't know anything. You hire a new kid, Matt LaFleur, I've never heard of him. And then you tell me, don't be the problem when Matt LaFleur comes in. Of course, I feel disrespected. I'm the reigning MVP. The only guy who's got a better arm than me is, and not actually better, but like a winner, is Tom Brady. Outside of Tom Brady, who would I rather have than Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Nobody. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes, over any of these guys. It's not even close. This guy is the, and we talked about before, touchdown to interception ratio. Aaron Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback in modern history, period, because he does not turn the ball over. So you talk about the least turnovers in history, one of the most accurate quarterbacks. How, why on earth would you displease this guy? If he wants to say, fine, as long as he doesn't dictate the draft, let him feel involved. This was shambles by Green Bay. They're in a lot of trouble because this guy holds a grudge. I mean, look how long he was upset about being 24th pick in the draft and that he had to sit on the bench for five years behind Brett Favre, who again, may not be his caliber, but one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as well. This guy has an ego because he deserves it, because he's one of the best, but he just wants people to get fired because he's angry with them. I don't know if I agree with that. And to, to like roster wise, Justin, I don't know what else he wants, right? But let's just go with, he wants some dudes to lose their jobs because they've been pissing him off for too long. That's what I'm going with. All right, all right. I got a 90-second rebut if anybody wants it. Otherwise, we're going to keep the ball rolling. Anybody want it? Anybody want it? Let's move on from Aaron Rodgers. Okay, we're going to dab over to baseball just real quick. Not a lot going on that I want to talk about this week. I will say, uh, just since, since we have Marvin back, I, I should clear the air. The New York Yankees are the Yankees-ish again. They're 14-14 and 14 as of this record, so... They've kind of redeemed that five and ten start. We'll see what happens as they continue. Yes, on. sir. Still the worst start in in Yankees history. Still, and it doesn't matter how you start; it's how you finish, and that's always how it matters. All that matters for the Yankees. Oh man! All right. Well, so uh, and I'm, I apologize if I get his name wrong. I believe it's Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels. He got scratched from pitching this week after taking a 93 mile per hour fastball on the elbow pad this past weekend. Um, he is anticipated to return soon. He was just describing some soreness in the elbow after the game. Um, but I saw the story 
And then I saw this guy's stat cards five weeks into the season. And I'm like, all right, all right, I got to get you guys' perspective. So let me just run this down for you real quick. Otani has a batting average uh, as of week five of 263, eight home runs, 20 RBIs with a career high of uh, 0.606 slug percentage. And I don't know a whole lot about slug percentage. I had to look it up. I'm not going to lie. Um, he, as a pitcher with just three starts, 1-0 with um, 3.29 earned runs average and 23 strikeouts. What do you make of Shohei Otani? Fellas, whoever wants it first. I think reverse order. So, yeah, Richie's first. Um, How do I say this? Uh, I think the dude, like, it's weird that he's like a designated hitter and a pitcher. You know, like, I think that's kind of bizarre. I also think like it's funny like when you think of a pitcher you don't think of a guy who's just gonna like smack it (laughs) like he can't he can't make contact but when he makes contact it goes out the park which i think is a little weird i think that's what i think is bizarre about it because it doesn't make sense when you think about that like realistically like for instance one of the greatest pitchers i've ever seen generationally was greg maddox and he had to play in the National League where he had to bat. So he had to bat a lot. And the only thing that dude could do well was bunt. And that's what he did. And same thing with Tommy Glavin. Same thing. But this dude, it's like like he's he's going to miss four out of five times. But if he hits it, it might go out of the park, which I think is just bizarre. I don't know what to say. And it's like he's a tall dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like you think of his name and it's Japanese. Like he's like six, five or something. He's a big guy. Like he's a big dude. So, I mean, it makes sense in terms of like him being able to make contact and, and rip it. But it's, I've never seen like a pitcher where it, it's just like the, if he's the only thing you can expect if he makes contact is it's either an out, a strikeout or a home run. I think that's a little weird. So I don't really have much else to say other than like, you know, I'm looking at his statistics and I've seen him play like two or three games, but um, it, it's just a weird I don't know. Weird, right? Like, would I would I take this guy? Yes, but if he was in the if I was in the National League, right? Because like I'm gonna get more use out of him than if he's like in the American League, in my opinion. So, Sahi, what do you make of him of him playing both sides of the ball like that? Uh, being a pitcher, which is a highly active position on the team, and a designated hitter, is that going to? I mean, right now, for instance, five weeks in, he is out. Uh, Minor injury, granted, but it was a 93-mile-per-hour fastball to the elbow. I mean, what do you make of it? Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like an awesome story, a guy that, you know what I'm saying, I'm not too familiar with him. Um, but hearing Richie talk about him, it's either, you know what I'm saying, he's going to miss or it's going out the park. And I mean, a guy like that, I mean, if he can't pitch anymore, I mean, I'd rather have him hit, you know? Uh, let's just get let's get him better at at, at, uh, at making more contact. And you know what I'm saying? There's plenty of guys that can pitch if you can hit that good. And you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not going to say that good, but if from what I see, like, yo, he's not hitting all the time, but when he does hit, I mean, he's smacking them out of the park. I'm like, yo, dude, let's uh, let's let's talk about some different things but i don't know it sounds like an interesting uh story a guy something i have to get more familiar with what team does he play for <laughs> oh watch a lot of he plays for the angels he plays for the that, angels oh that's my team okay and what's okay, funny okay. what's funny about this yeah. guy he's the only guy in the hundred year history of the league to start a game as the pitcher and lead the league in home runs <laughs> yeah mm, i heard that's, yeah Marvin, I, I and I, I just I saved this for you because I know you're a baseball guy. Um, I I heard today that you could almost compare him to Babe Ruth. I I didn't I didn't hear him compared to Babe Ruth. I'm not making that comparison on the wire. No one have to go that far. I, I don't. I wouldn't go that far either. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> first of all, first of all, he's not that good. Second of all, he needs a hundred pounds. He's got to be really fat. Hundred pounds, and he's got to eat a hundred hot dogs every day. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of this guy? Out. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm meaning to ask you, Jess, I mean, I, I need you to do some research on his uh, his contract situation, you know, because there's no salary cap in baseball. And it seems to me as if from judging from these stats here, it looks like he has the wrong jersey on. 
And I think that <laughs> at some point he should put on the pinstripes. Hey, hey, Mark. He would be a better fit <laughs> and from L.A. to New York. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Richie? He making two, two years, eight and a half million. I feel like he's going to put some pinstripes on to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get paid. I mean, we got the money. He, so. he had a 500-foot home run this year. 500-foot home run. 500-foot home run as a pitcher and a, as a designated hitter? That's unheard of. Man, I can't, I have MLB to show. I don't know if any of y'all played that, but that is my shit. And I can't yep. even do that on that game. I've watched, mm. you know, I love baseball and I love, you know, the pitching position and growing up watching, you know, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens. And I mean, that dude was fat. And so he couldn't hit. None of those dudes could hit. They couldn't do shit, but they could pitch, though. But it's rare that you see a guy like this put up these kind of numbers. I mean, it's I mean, it's stellar. It's unheard of. I mean, eight home, eight home runs for a pitcher. Like Richie was saying, I mean, you luck a pitcher's lucky if he even makes contact. They you just tell him just like, okay, get your strike out. You know, we right, just don't waste your, your arm. We, yeah, don't waste your arm. Don't waste your shit. But this guy seems to be like a machine, and they lucked out. Um, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what they do come the end of the season or where they go because that that dude gonna want to get paid. And like I said, there's no salary cap in baseball, so they better make sure uh, none of these East Coast teams grab him up. I'm sorry, Sahi. I know that's your favorite your favorite team, but we got to snatch one of those players off of it and give him a better opportunity and a better payday. You know, I'm going to remain biased on this uh, topic and uh, say he should, uh, you know, look elsewhere. All right. All right. We're going to we're going to move it on from baseball. I agree. And I, again, I did not compare him myself uh, and Richie already got you on the contract. Eight, eight and a half million over the next two years. Um, all right. The NFL draft happened. <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> peanuts. I'll take those peanuts, actually. We just uh, need cracker jacks. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just, just a right. few. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So the, the draft, I've got a two-parter on the NFL draft. Now, we did talk about this going into the draft. We were kind of pre-analyzing, <clears throat> doing things like that. We talked about Justin Fields. And I believe, Richie, that you said that if he was not taken in the top seven picks, we were to expect foul play. When I say foul play, referring to the drafts, um, we'll say for PC record, alleged history of racial discrimination of the draft. Yes. We all believe it, uh, you know, the way we believe it and the way we stated it before. Justin Fields was, in fact, the 11th overall pick, and he wound up in Chi-Town with the Bears. Um, I think we expected Trevor Lawrence to go to Jacksonville, but we had Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets and Trey Lance going number three to the Number 49ers. three to the 49ers. Um, first off, what do you guys make of these first three QB picks? Um, is 11th too late for Fields? And while we're at it, is 15th too late for Mac Jones? We're starting with Sahi. Sahi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 15 for Mac Jones. For me, that's about right. Um, I like the situations of every quarterback that got selected, except for Zach Wilson. I feel like I feel like the Jets really made a mistake passing up on Justin Fields at number two. Um, just because he's played in high pressure situations, he's an athlete, he can move with the ball. They don't have a lot of weapons in New York, so there's not a lot of people that Zach Wilson can lean on. He's going to have to be the guy, and we just haven't seen him be that guy. Um, yeah, he looks great in the combine and in shorts and everything like that. But what competition did he play against? You know what I'm saying? How many losses did, B, did BYU go undefeated? Um, was he like truly dominating to be the number two pick? I, I'm not sure. Um, I feel like if uh, the picks are swapped, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, I'd be elated for all the quarterbacks. But Justin Fields is in a great position. He's got a great defense. Um, the Bears have weapons, and 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 I feel like that was a great spot for him um, to go to Chicago. Um, they're gonna they're they did a great job moving up to get him trade to get him. Uh, um, so I'm excited to see this this year. I think 
the quarterbacks went <clears throat> where they were supposed to go, but the Jets, they just they just made a huge mistake. All right, Marvin, what do you make of... I'll run down those questions real quick again. Uh, one, what do you make of those first three quarterback picks? Um, two, is 11th too late for Fields? And three, is 15th way too late for Mac Jones? Um, with a with a twist of... We mentioned last time, and we're happy to have you back here on the wire. We mentioned last time how there has been, uh, in our opinion, a, a history of racial discrimination in these uh, quarterback runs in the, the NFL draft. Mm. That's interesting. Um, I, I won't deny that there's been a history of racism in the NFL draft. We've clearly seen it, you know, to... I can honestly say for many black quarterbacks, they've said that they're not really intelligent enough, you know, to play the position. And that's been through a array of quarterbacks you can think of through history. You know, um, Cam Newton was even saying one time during the interview that they had asked them uh, questions that didn't even relate to, they didn't even really relate to football. Um, so I, I would I would say that you I, I have seen over the course of you know watching football for many years some racism in the draft. Um, in this case, in this particular draft, uh, I can't. I'm not sure if I can call it. I mean, I'm sure it's going on, um, but with these picks, I, I honestly would have to say Justin Fields landed where he was supposed to go. You know, I don't think that it would have been a great fit for him in. Uh, you know, with the Jets, I, I just don't. I don't think so. I honestly think that quarterback to quarterback, Zach Wilson um, performed better on the eye test. I mean, I mean, you kind of see, the, you know, the loose, you know, some elusiveness from Justin Fields, but I mean, I think they really looked at a lot of a lot of breakdowns, some breakdowns within his game. I think it would have came to that in a scheme fit with the new coach and uh, for the Jets. So I, I think that it just it just wouldn't have worked for Justin Fields as far as you know the scheme the the scheme fit. But I think that Zach Wilson with them drafting Elijah Moore, um, I, I think that with that air raid offense that um, I forget what's uh, what's the, the new coach's name um, is it uh, Salee? Somebody help me out here or what's the the the, the new uh, um. Jets coach, coach's name. Justin's um, gonna get on it. I don't know it. Oh, uh, damn! Is it, Robert Sully. Yeah, yeah, yeah Robert Sully. Yeah, yeah, Robert. yeah. It's gonna be interesting to like, yeah, to, to see, you know, that 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 air raid style offense that he'll bring to the Jets with with Zach Wilson. So I really think that I, I think they found their guy. I would honestly say that that Zach Wilson to me. Is going to have a better start than Zach than uh, Sam Darnold. That's what I think. I think that if you're the Jets, that 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 was your move. Um, but the Justin Fields sliding to the Bears, there's no problem with that. I think they found their guy. We all know damn well that Andy Dalton is not a QB one. He is far from a QB one. So <laughs> it is perfect. It is perfect fit for Justin Fields. I didn't want him to go to the Jets simply because for. I mean, for those reasons, emotional reasons. I didn't want him to go to the Jets with no damn running back or really rookie receivers. Really, I wanted him to go to the, the Bears where you've got Allen Robinson, where you've got David Montgomery, you've got a running game, you've got an established team, you've got a defense, you got Khalil Mack. All you got to do is slide him in and he's the Kyle, Kyler Murray at the NFC North, <laughs> pretty much. Because if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, the Bears are, and if they integrate Justin Fields in like quick enough like if they could just make that decision not to start Andy Dalton and they just you know I mean it's probably gonna take maybe a couple games but if you if you put him in the lineup if you finally you know make him your QB1 I think the Bears would be the, the best in that division I think that Justin Fields landed where he's supposed to and on the flip um what was the question was uh Matt was it about Mac Jones Justin Mac was Jones, a, Mac 15 yep Mac Jones is a fat ass quarterback to me, you know. And there I said, you know, he's got a gut. I didn't like what I saw at the combine. Uh, I honestly don't think that the the Patriots found their franchise quarterback, even in Mac Jones. I honestly don't see it. And 
when I'm gonna ask y'all something. When was the last time y'all seen a quarterback from Alabama be successful in the NFL in the last decade? They haven't. You just haven't seen it. It just it just hasn't happened. I mean, they they produce great players, great defensive players, great running backs, but I just haven't seen great quarterbacks reproduce out of Alabama. So I'm not really sold, you know, on Mac Jones. I think, but Belichick. I mean, I guess they had they had to do something. I mean, they had to do something. I mean, you got Cam Newton on another one year deal. You, you got you had to do something because I think what I would agree with. They all say that he's in they're in quarterback purgatory right now. Uh, Trey Lance, I think that was a great pickup for San Francisco. To be honest with you, Jimmy Garoppolo has been injury riddled since they got him. Um, been damaged goods. Uh, I think you got a, a nice young core of wide receivers out there. Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you got Raheem Mostert. I think he, you know, sliding him in, uh, and, you know, from day one at training camp, letting Jimmy Garoppolo know, hey, uh, we're sorry, but we're going to go with, you know, <laughs> our we didn't draft him number three for no reason. I mean, number two for no reason. So, um, sorry, but he's, he's our guy, and Jimmy's going to have to probably sit the bench. But I think that they've found their, you know, their their cornerstone they can build around. So I don't I don't really see a Aaron Rodgers trade or anything. But I, I I really I really like what I would what I'm seeing from from Trey Lance, and I think that he'll be uh, that leader for fran- that franchise for years to come. All right, all right, Richie. Before we go to the break, what do you think? What do you make of the draft? Are you standing by what you said before? The world wants to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not standing by what I said. What And the reason why is originally I said if he didn't get picked in the top seven, it was going to be racism. Well, Trey Lance is black. All right. So what am I? <laughs> I can't. I can't sit there and be like, yeah, I double down on it. Like the boy black, you know, he it just for whatever reason. And who are we to judge? Their scouting felt oh. Trey Lance was the future in San Francisco. And let, let's clarify some things. I'm with my, like, I think it's a great pit. I'm not a 49ers fan at all. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's always plagued with injury. You got to look to the future. But when he's playing, he's a great quarterback. So he's, like I talked about, this is that perfect, you sit on the bench and you learn from someone. Alex Smith, the, you know, what's his face? Jesus, I'm losing. Patrick Mahomes, he's the same concept, right? You got a 20-year-old stud, 6'4", almost 6'5", 240, and he's 20 years old. And he's a beast. And again, though, he only played in 2019, really. 2018, red, red shirt. Uh, 2020, played an exhibition game and didn't want to because of COVID. So the 49ers clearly saw like him in person and based on the 2019 film, just felt that confident that Trey's their guy. I think Zach Wilson kind of got like the worst of the group. And not that he will be, but the Jets. Like that's just it, it, the media, the New York media, it's always hard. Um, you know, to me, I think if Fields went there, he's just the most play, like he's the most ready, him and Lawrence, and obviously Lawrence isn't falling. So I think if Fields would have went to New York, at least he'd be able to probably handle the scrutiny and be ready to more game ready right now. But I'm looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Um, Mac Jones going to 15 makes sense. The only exception you could have argued is maybe Atlanta would take him, but then they could have took Fields. And they went with Pitts, who's arguably the best player in the draft when you look at position. Pitts is going to be like potential Hall of Famer, amazing tight end. And then, you know, you look at Chase, he's definitely one of the Bengals there. They have bro, that's not happening. Same thing with the Dolphins. They took Waddle. They wanted a wide receiver. They're not worried about quarterback. And then, you know, the Lions went with Sewell, like the best tackle. Why wouldn't you? Right. And then uh, what was it? Horn. And then what was it? Uh, uh, Sertan the second. Both of them went back to back cornerbacks. So you, you didn't have a, a quarterback option until the Bears. So Fields falling only fell because it's the next team that wanted a quarterback. And don't get me wrong, I'm a little bummed for him just because I just don't trust Chicago. Like, they have potential, they have the weapons. This, and I'll say it with this, their quarterback history sucks as their franchise. Well, Jim McMahon was never that good. Let's just be honest, their defense carried him. And then like, who's the next best guy, Jay Cutler? I mean, this is an opportunity for Fields to look like, you know, a, a golden nugget in turds. Even if he's not that great, he could look amazing. So I, I, you know, playing for the Ohio State, you know, watching what happened to him, not, you know, get drafted all the way to 11th and Chicago trading up for him, quite frankly, because he was good. Minnesota wanted him. They were going to pick him at 14. But when Chicago traded with the Giants, they were like fleeced and upset. 
they wanted him badly, but they didn't think they were, you know, they, they kept thinking he would just keep sliding because it was Dallas and then um, the Chargers and both of them don't need quarterbacks. So they were like, I'm not going to take the risk. But look, kudos to Chicago. You know, after the Trubisky thing, people have been giving them flack for so long um, and that, oh, they screw things up, screw things up. Well, this was a great pickup for them. You know, this is going to make them competitive instantly. Whether Aaron Rodgers is playing or not in Green Bay, this is what they needed. They needed a quarterback. Uh, like I, I said about the kid, he's tough and he's going to need to be tough playing in the NFC North. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing all of it. Quite frankly, uh, I'm most intrigued about Trey Lance. I think he's got the best spot because he has no pressure. He's honestly already on a great team. They just, you know, last year they had a lot of issues with COVID. They're the best team out of all these like garbage quarterback teams right now by a mile. Most talented for sure. And now he's going to get to sit on the bench with no pressure, learning from Jimmy Grapple potentially. We don't know if he's going to teach him. Uh, Trey Lance has like the best route in in the industry here. But did I expect Fields to fall to 11? Not really. But after I saw what played out, it's what Marvin said. This is the best spot for Fields. Honestly, this is the best spot for everyone except for Wilson. And the only way I think it would have worked out for everyone involved is if Fields went to the Jets and then Wilson like ended up going to Chicago. Because I think, again, Chicago media is tough, but it's not New York Jets tough. I mean, there's nothing worse than the New York. Like, man, they, they are awful. You know, Chad Pennington like tried so hard and he was terrible. Let's not kid ourselves, but he tried so hard. And that me like they went 10 and six year after year Chad after year. <laughs> and then they just roasted that boy. And it wasn't even his fault. You know, they ran him like, all the way to Miami. They ran him all the way to Miami, man. <laughs> like they're a Jets, Jets, you know, Mark Sanchez, you know, like there is no, they've never had a quarterback worth their salt. So them picking up Wilson is a question mark, but let's give them a chance. We will see. The, uh, on tape, and to Marvin's point, the eye test, Wilson looks crazy. We'll just have to see if it actually translates. So do I think it was racist like it can be? No. Could it still have been? Possibly. Because we heard about the whole bull crap with Fields' his lazy work ethic. You know, we heard these things already, which is how we discussed this previously. But having said that, I can't in good conscience be like, black kid got drafted third and they still racist. So I can't go that route. <laughs> but what I will say is shame on, shame on the Jets for going with the eye tests over like the proven commodities. Like to me, I think they take Fields. I think that was a better choice. I still stick to that. But I think overall, for most of the teams, this is where it needs to go. I'm not going to shit on Mac Jones like Marvin did. Enough was said. He's got a beer gut. Uh, he's lucky he's in New England. And if anyone can get him to play well with his like lackluster skill, it's going to be Bill Belichick. So I'm sure he'll be fine too. I think everyone's going to have a good opportunity. Maybe not Wilson. But I think everyone else is going to flourish. True, true. I, I know one quarterback who made the beer gut work uh, to a, at least a couple of rings over there. And uh, did he go to Alabama? No, <laughs> no, he went to Miami of Ohio. <laughs> I mean, without right. dummies, he probably should have right. went to Alabama. <laughs> I should have. Right. <laughs> well, uh, folks, you are watching the wire. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA. Don't go anywhere. You know, I. I saw him play at Miami and he really wasn't that great. <laughs> no, I did. My, my sister was at Miami. I watched him play a lot. That's why yeah. I'm very critical. Oh, I've known who he was a long time. I only got to see him in one game. When he was the Red Hawks. Red Hawks, yeah. Miami. Oh, yeah, Red Hawks, Miami, yeah. All right. Uh, so this is Gary43. He says, I feel like Justin is the reason this country has to put directions on shampoo. Do you even know what you're talking about, bro? <laughs> no, I don't, Gary. <laughs> fucking 43. I have no idea. I don't even use shampoo. I just use one three-in-one body wash, you bastard. All right, this is from Karen45. How do you feel about being ranked sexiest man on your podcast? When Tony looks like a barbecued Kermit the Frog. Jesus Christ. Oh, Wait a oh second. Why? That sounds like a Tony rip. Why is Marvin? That's a Tony rip. Is that towards me? Wow. 
Does Christy think having a child on her lap makes her seem more likable? Also, get some sleep. You look tired. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Breezy. I'm trying. Adam says, I see ratings must have been down. They recruited someone interesting. (laughs) Wow. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I mean, thank you, Adam. (laughs) Ashley says, I watch the show a lot and I was wondering, are you all changing the name to RT2M? Richie talks too much. (laughs) I don't know what to say, Ashley, other than I feel like I talk exactly as much as I should. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. Margaret says, is it me or when Tony talks, do you get the feeling he's constipated? Yeah. <laughs> what? That face right there doesn't really help you. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to The Wire. It is time to talk a little basketball. Um, First and foremost, we got to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They took down the Brooklyn Nets 117 to 114. Now they are playing again um, between when we're recording this and when you're going to see it. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I will tell you the game that I saw uh, Giannis versus Durant is a better title for it. Um, Giannis had 49 points to Katie's 42. There were dunks and slap away shots all over the place. Um, now, like I said, they're, they're playing again, which will be yesterday for you folks that are watching now. But I want to send it around the horn and, a- horn and ask, what is the biggest takeaway, given that we could very well see this matchup again in the playoffs? Uh, biggest takeaway for me, real simple. Now, off of one game, it's hard to say, but real simple. It's not a free coast. They got to get through Milwaukee. People keep forgetting Milwaukee. People also forget the fact that Milwaukee for the last, you know, two years consecutively with a best team record, period, not just in the East. In addition to that, they got to get past Philadelphia. Like, you know, we keep talking about the star power, you know, and it's just like, well, and what we've talked about over and over, how are they going to deal with bigs? And to me, that's the two. They're more likely to have to deal with the East than the West, because like I said, they got to get past MB. They got to get past the Akintempo, like. This is what I want to see. Now, sure, it was a cool shootout. And it's like, you know, the meme we talked about, they're going to score like 150 points each and there isn't going to be defense. But the bottom line is just real simple. My takeaway is the Nets have to get past two really strong, very tall, very big teams in the East. And it is not as easy as everyone likes to keep making it out to be. Having said that, I am curious, and it's just one game, but I would I want to see these two teams play because I think it'll be more electric. I think Philadelphia is just going to be based on is Embiid playing well or not, right? Because I, I really do think the Bucks have a better defense. But if Embiid's playing well, it doesn't even matter because there's nothing, nothing the Nets can do if that gorilla just wants to like get in the paint and use a seven foot three body. Um, he's he's incredible. Like, I just, I don't want him taking threes. I just want him going in the paint, dunking, you know, a la Shaquille O'Neal 2000. He's the closest thing and not even close to Shaquille, but I'm just saying he's the closest physically dominant presence we've seen since Shaq in that period of time. It just the guys play so soft now. And, you know, when MB really does play physical, well, like he should and what he's capable of doing, I don't think anybody, including the Lakers, and we'll probably get to them later, have a chance. So takeaway, Nets better do something and they got to get ready because yes, they've been doing well in the regular season, even with their their players taking games off, Durant out for 20 plus games, Irving out for five, Harden out for 10, and they're still like second or third in the East. Bottom line is this, it's not one game, it's seven. So yeah, they're winning a lot of one games, one games but no, they're going to have to play seven games against, in my opinion, their two toughest matchups, which happen to be in their own conference. So um We'll see. I really want to see that. I'm ready for the playoffs, man. We're almost there. We are almost there. We are knocking on the door. Asahi, what do you take away from this epic shootout between Giannis? I'm not going to try his last name. I know we say it all the time on here. I know it's Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I tried it. Oh, I got it. Uh, and Durant, that 49-42 shootout. What do you take? What's your biggest takeaway from the game? 
Um, it's, it's exciting to see. You want to see regular games like that. That's kind of been the criticism for a long time in the NBA. Like, it gets close to playoff time or just during the regular season, guys are taking games off. Um, and the bath and NBA, you want to watch something entertaining. And when you get two of the biggest stars going at each other like that, that's great for ratings. That's great for bringing in new fans. Um, and that gives the people something exciting, uh, something exciting and something to look forward to come playoff time. Um, I was just going to ask, how many uh, did uh, Giannis, did he shoot any threes, any jump shots, or were they all dunks, pretty much? Because I, I didn't watch the game, because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, he can get to the lane. Oh, he, was, he, was, he was knocking down threes. They was disrespecting him, Sahi, and leaving them open. See, that's that's what uh, the, the Bucks need. That's if he can do that in the playoffs and can do it consistently, it's going to be real tough to stop Milwaukee because for so long, Giannis just relied on getting to the basket, using his speed and size to uh, take advantage of teams. That's not really, you know, they're each team is just trying to get to the re- through the regular season, so they're not game planning extra hard. To, to stop a particular thing. They're going in with a game plan and they hope it works. And you know what I'm saying? Hope their star players get them to where they need to go. But come playoff time, teams build that wall in front of Giannis so you can't get to the paint and you, you got to beat us with jump shots. And if he's beating them with jump shots, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. So um, the Nets, they have a lot to work on. Um, I hope it works for them. Um, but they've got some beasts in the East, as we've been saying. So it's going to be exciting come playoff time. That's that's all that game. That yeah, four for eight on the three point line, Sahi. So fifty percent shooting, four for eight ooh, to Marvin's ooh. point. Ooh. Man, it was okay. on fire. Marvin, what yeah. what did you take away from this game? And also, does this prove that <clears throat> Brooklyn's defense is an issue uh, when you when you're up against guys like Giannis? Yeah, I mean, when you when, I, when you watch this game, I watched it yesterday, and uh, they have glaring holes in their defense. I mean, you you just can't have DeAndre Jordan be a Giannis stopper. That's just not going to happen. Like, that can't be the only guy you have. You know, a guy that was once a cornerstone of a franchise who was pretty much on the tail end of his career. Yeah, sure, he can give you some good numbers here and there, but... He ain't stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's just not about to happen. He's not doing. He's not doing it. There is nobody like they have no interior force. And this is what we were saying in the beginning of the year when you gave up all that size for all these stars. They had to think about once you get you know to almost to the postseason. It's much you know like you know the, the, when the playoffs start. It's about matchups. The floor shrinks. This is like what you said, Saeed. A wall will be built up for Giannis. But at the same time for the Nets, like you have no interior answers for any bigs <laughs> in the East. <laughs> and I think we all can agree on that. Not Joel Embiid, not uh, who else am I missing here? Not Bam Adebayo. <laughs> who else? <laughs> who else am I missing? Not Giannis, Just, obviously, not, right? Not Giannis. Obviously not Giannis yesterday because he dropped he dropped 49. He dropped 49 on the head. And that was without <laughs> James Harden. And so, I mean, if James Harden was in this game, see, I really don't think it matters because you'd have to look at the big picture of it. Because even if they have James Harden, what are you really asking the Nets to do? This is what, you know, this is what we said at the beginning of the year. When you put this team together and you account the injuries, like they don't have the continuity that other teams have right now. They don't have the continuity that a Miami Heat has or even a, a Boston, they're starting to gain some momentum. Or if, or Philly, you know, Doc Doc is real good about bringing teams together for you know one common goal. You know, so when you look at that, I honestly don't think that the Nets are ready postseason wise. I think you got a great show out of Kevin Durant yesterday. That's we we know he can do that. But Kyrie yesterday, if he's great, but he looked off. He, he looked off at, at majority of that game. He was turning the ball over. I mean, they both were. I mean, so what are you really asking James Harden to do when he comes back? Are you asking him to, sh- like, if you if they play the Bucks in the series, are you asking them to shoot? 
Are you like, are you asking him to, to, to step away from his point guard duties or you want him to be playmaking? Because if he's missing shots, I mean, and everyone's missing shots, and you have no interior answer for Giannis, they're going to get blown off the court. It's going to be, it might be a seven game series. And the Bucks easily could take that because they got Drew Holiday, who's no joke on the perimeter defending. So that was the biggest takeaway for me is uh, the, the glaring holes in their interior defense. They got, they got nobody. We're going to do a, a quick one take on Kevin Love before we get into our main story on NBA because we have a lot to talk about tonight. So I, I want to keep it quick. And, I, and Sahi, I, you talked about this before, so I just wanted to bring this to you real quick. Kevin Love told another sports podcast, and he could have came on the wire. You could have came on the wire, Kevin. We're in Ohio, too, uh, with some of us are. Uh, told another sports podcast <coughs> that it would be special for him to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Uh, what do you make of this conversation? Is it What kind of sportsmanship is this? Um, I mean, for this instance, I mean, you're playing in Cleveland. There's not a lot going on. He's probably not really interested in where the team's going in direction. You got to think, he was once with LeBron going to finals back to back to back. You know what I'm saying? Living a good life. And LeBron left him. He's there stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what else are you thinking about, Kevin? And that's probably, you know what I'm saying, where his mind is. His mind is elsewhere. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland. He's like, he's at the, he's been thinking about it for so long. And the more you think about it, it's eventually just going to come out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably, he's airing it out now. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Cleveland will be very mad. He's not a staple piece of their team. They're, they're getting younger. Uh, they got a youth movement going on. So, you know what I'm saying? Tell us what you want, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? You earn you earn that right to be like, yo, I don't want to be here. Everybody else is moving everywhere. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Z- Zion doesn't get that, but but Kevin can say it. Right, right, right. He's, he's, he's a veteran. He, you know, Zion, he's young. You know? He's so earned he, his stripes. He, right? he's Zion, you, yeah, you just got here. Now you're talking about you want to go somewhere else. That's a former here. NBA <laughs> champion, okay? Yeah. And let's not Great. forget, there's two Kevin Loves. There's fat Kevin Love and then model Kevin Love, all right? Yeah. This man yeah. has been in the league long enough. I'm with Sahi. He allowed to complain, okay? <laughs> now, now, to my point with this, Portland just is weird. And not not because like I get why he'd right. want to play for Portland, but it's not a good fit because he's a three-point point. He is no longer fat Kevin. Like, dude, give me back Ke- fat Kevin Love. 24 points a game, led the league in rebounds four years in a row. You know, like, give me the fat guy. Skinny Kevin Love is like like Chris Bosh. He just shoots three-pointers, and he can kind of rebound, but he doesn't play defense. You know, they already got that. His name's Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? Like, it's not any different. He, either way, he's coming off the bench, you know? Like, because Covington, although I could easily argue Kevin Love is about the same as Covington, it's what we just said. He about the same. And Kevin Love gets paid, like, 27 or $28 million. It's like, Kevin Love, he needs to go to a team that needs somebody who can pull the space. You know, like to me, I would say not that I think they would do it, but I think it needs to be more like Philadelphia. They could use a three-point shooter. Kevin Love's like 43%. You know, like they need, he needs to go to a team that needs three-point shoot. They got Dame fucking Lillard. They don't need his ass. You want, I would never, I'd rather have Dame Lillard shoot 50 times than Kevin Love shoot once. Not that, and again, Kevin Love is a 43% shooter, but that's Dame. That's Dollar Dame, man. It's just a weird fit. But to Sahi's point, the boy's just tired of it. He's like, bro, this is the second <laughs> year in a row. I got to hear about sex land all over again. I'm getting paid my money, but I don't get to play. They just benching me all the time. The only good, decent guy they traded to the Lakers. They won't trade my ass for some reason. You know, like, I think he's just salty. He wants to go back to L.A. You know, his dad or was his uncle's a beach boy. I don't remember which one. Dad or uncle. One of them's a beach boy. He's just like, dude, I am way too cool and too hip to be in Cleveland anymore. It was only cool when LeBron was here. Now I want out. So I, I think that's what this is. He just vocalizing, like, get me out of here. Please. Dan Gilbert sucks. Worst owner, you know, blah, 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 sucks. Cleveland sucks. This team sucks. 
I'll go to Portland. <laughs> I'll play. I'll, I'll play behind Carmelo Anthony's ancient ass. Like yeah. I think that's where Kev's at. I think that's where he's at. But anywhere but here. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Zion or Steph. Who would you rather see in a play-in game? But I think we're gonna skip that because speaking of play-in games, um, our our big story uh, to close out the show here. Well, without the wild card, I should say, uh, LeBron shots fired this week. Uh, he said in a post-game interview after they lost to the Raptors, one twenty-one to one fourteen. Whoever came up with this play-in option, or I think he said, or whatever they call it, should be fired. Now, uh, uh, to me, that's a shot at who? Adam Silver. Um, L.A. now 0-2 since LeBron has returned on his high ankle sprain, and 1-6 since A.D. returned. Um, now, I, I just before we get into this, last year, during the heart of the pandemic, I don't know if you guys remember, but LeBron was cheering on teams that were in the play-in format. Uh, and then back in 2018, when it was introduced, he tweeted, this is whack. Uh, so he's been all over the place. Is this about how LeBron feels about uh, the NBA regulations, or is he just throwing a temper tantrum because this is where they're at right now? Marvin. Arf. Uh, I think this is a temper. I, I, you know, y'all, y'all know how much I... You know, I'm a big fan of LeBron. He's my guy. But he's throwing a temper tantrum right now because of where they at. And it's understandable because the other guys on the team have not held the fort down since he's been gone. And that's facts. AD has not been himself since coming back from the injury. You know, so they have really no, you know, they have really nowhere to blame but themselves for being in this position. You know, so... I would I would say like you know they they have to they have to figure it out. This really separate you know this really puts the pressure on them. This is good because it's really uh, you know asks them the question you know do they want this bad enough? Because you know right now they're not playing like it. They're not playing with a sense of urgency. So I really think this is coming from a place of panic. You know I'm not a huge fan of the play-in games, but. You know, you can't say that now when you were the two seed in the West. Like you can't say that now. Like that's that's already too late. You know that 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 doesn't make him look good. You know, and and coming back from the injury, you know, LeBron's not one hundred percent, and KD is is not KD. AD is not playing well um, right now. They don't even look like a playoff team, or like they even want to play at basketball at all. I watched the game last night. I don't even know what the hell I watched. Had to cut that shit off because it was pissing me off. I don't mean I try to stay unbiased, but you know I'm a Lakers fan. But still, it, it just doesn't make any sense that they're placing onus on the play-in game right now. I'm going to make this about something else. You know, you need to make this about your. You need to make this about your team, LeBron. This is about your squad. This is not about anything else. You are the reigning, defending NBA champions. Now, if anybody you should be mad at is Adam Silver for starting the, se- the season so damn early. Now, that's the shit, because that's the reason why all these injuries have piled up. And that's the reason why the Lakers are in this position. And I, we called this when we started this. We started the wire at the beginning of the year. We said that he started the season too damn early. And now the Lakers are in this position where they might not even make the playoffs, the play-in game. So they need to just focus on these last 10 games of the season, which LeBron is not going to play in, you know, in two of them. So they 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 have their backs against the wall right now. They got a lot of shit to worry about other than a play-in game. They need to play basketball. Richie, my man, state your peace. Um, he's being a little hypocrite, man. What else is there to say? Uh, like, let's see here. Here's the quote. Here's the quote. You got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans and Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's five or 10 games left, why not those guys battle it out? Make them play each other five times. So he was like to Marvin's point when he was on top of the mountain. Yeah, make him play. Make my competition play extra games. But now when he's at the bottom, it's a problem. And now somebody's fucking stupid. No, man. Like, I'm a huge LeBron fan. And in terms of his skill set, you know, like to me, easily you could argue with GOAT. I'm st- I always still say Wilt, but I mean, like to me, I have him over MJ just in terms of skill set, not even close. Incredible player. But one of the things about LeBron is he's very, he, he doesn't keep stuff to himself. He's very open to sharing 
in the moment. And I think this is one of those moments. But I think if he really like five years ago, LeBron is very like good about his branding. Not that, not that I'm saying he's bad, but he just always understood if I say something, people might get into me on it. And for lately, he's like getting older and he just doesn't care as much. So he's just like, you know what? This is bullshit for me right now. So uh, I, I think it's dumb. You know, I, I think he needs to get over it. Um, you know, like that's on you, man. And, you know, I, I've already said this earlier last week on The Wire. My biggest fear, and I said this over and over and over, biggest fear is they have to do the play-in against the goddamn Golden State Warriors. Because I'm telling you, the people out here will never let me hear that down if the, the shitty Warriors somehow pull an upset off the Lakers. You know, like I will never, I am disappointed in them. Um, you know, Anthony Davis averaging 16 points a game when he's on the court. There are minus 54 when he's on the court. Didn't see that one coming They, You know, like Sahi and I, for most of the season, while Marv was gone, we were talking about like, it's the Lake show, you know, and even though they're kind of fallen, as long as they in the playoffs, they can bring it back. But like we talked about last week and like we're talking about now, there's 10 games left. LeBron's out for two. AD is looking like a shell of himself. And I believe they'll do the play-in, but the way they're playing, even the Golden State Warriors will beat them right now. And that's saying something, because that's a terror. Um, yeah, I, I'm disappointed. I'd love to keep talking more and more about this, but th this quote is just indicative of their play. Like LeBron is being salty because they playing bad. And quite frankly, yeah. LeBron, you're also playing bad. You're a part of the problem right now. And I understand not having to play the back-to-backs. You, you know, you, you get ready for the play-ins because you know it's coming. Like, let's keep it real. The way they are playing, I don't see how they do I think they end up in the play-ins. I'm calling that now. I think they're going to have to play in. Like, I, I think they will be, you know, between uh, 8 through 10, and they're going to have to do the play-in for sure. So um, disappointing. Disappointing for him to say that just because, you know, when I think of leaders of basketball, when I think of people who usually, you know, transcend the, the the complaints, he's usually at the top of the list. But this is an example of him just being upset with his season and bloviating it out with the league. You know, this is not the league's fault. They chose to do this. He, he backed it last year and now he doesn't like it. Um, you know, long term, I think this is something to remove. But having said that, he knew this was coming at the beginning of the shortened season, and he knew this was like on the way. If he didn't want to deal with it, then they should have played better. It's really that simple. It is indeed that simple. Sahi, what are your thoughts? Uh, and subsequently, with a powerful voice like LeBron has, and uh, to Richie's point, should he be more careful with what he says? Um. <clears throat> I mean, he's just, you know what I'm saying, letting it fly. He, he doesn't want to be in a playoff tournament, so he's just going to say, you know what, this sucks. Whoever thought of this should be fired. I don't want to be in this position. But in, in all honesty, he should be thankful that they'll have a chance if they if they slip some more to, to at least play in. He's got a little bit more time to just get everything right. You know what I'm saying? And if they have to play in, they'll play in. And if they don't have, you know what I'm saying? So he's he's got to understand, like, yo, AD's out. I've been out. It's a shortened season. I don't have a lot of time left, but we just got to do what we got to do to get in there. Just not complain about it. That's what um, the people want to see out of LeBron. But his whole career, he's always, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Quote, if you're not a LeBron fan, I'm sure you've been rubbed wrong by something LeBron that's either said or done. So... So he's always putting himself in that position. Um, so it's just another case of that showing again. But I, I think they'll be all right. I hope so. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, <laughs> it sucks for him. But for the league, the playing games are great. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they're not. So he made a great point. Sorry, just real quick. When If they're ninth or 10th, I'm pretty sure LeBron's going to be like, this is a great idea. Right. <laughs> so he's going to do a post-show post, post show interview one of these weeks uh, when the Lakers don't make it into the playoffs. He's going to be like, the wire, whoever came up with uh, choosing the playoffs early <laughs> on needs to be fired. He's fired. <laughs> right, for real. For real. 
All right. Uh, so for the wild card, I got a fun one for you guys. It has been an awesome show. Uh, Marvin, the wild card is something we introduced uh, this season, and I'm excited for you to, to enjoy. Just something goofy to find. Um, and on the H2G podcast once as a talent show, you, you did some push-ups. So I thought this was great, especially with you coming back. Um, just yesterday, a North Carolina man broke a Guinness World Record for push-ups in one hour. Real quick, I want to know what your guys' guess is on how many he did, and unless you've already seen the sheet. It's <laughs> uh, a world record? Like Guinness World, world Record? Guinness kind of World Record, yep. Push-ups uh, in an hour. In an hour. In an hour. Okay. okay. 5,280. Whew. I'm gonna go get down there. You do every push-up. What? I'm gonna go with 2600. I'm taking half Uh, Sahis. 2600. 2600. And whatever half of 280 is 140. 26,140. 2600. 2600. 14. 15. One push-up. 1500. So the record. To date yesterday was 2,900 push-ups. 29. And Shane, to Shane, it's it's T-S-H-A-N-E. I, I, to Shane, I believe, Johnson. He's a U.S. Marine vet, surprise, surprise, from Pineville, New, uh, North Carolina. He performed 3,050 push-ups in one hour. That's Guys, crazy. What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Somebody talk. I'm going to do some calculations. I, I'm one sec. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely insane. That's, I that's insane. Right. I could, like, is he is his head hitting the ground? Like, yeah. like uh, at least one of them. <laughs> like that, that's incredible concentration for one. Right. Right. Who counted? <laughs> is what I want. Right. Yeah, that's a better representative of the Guinness World Records. Yeah, that All right. sucks. So that fool did almost 53 push-ups per minute. Damn. That's almost one push-up a second for 60 minutes. Well, that's Marvin, you did Damn. 50 in 60 seconds, didn't you? I did 50 in 60 He did, did 50. Like, I did 50 in 60 Sahi, seconds. you're also But you got to do it. Oh, Sai, I mean, look at Sai's yeah, arm. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if he can do it for 60 minutes. Now, <laughs> no. you, and I, you and I are fit, but we're not, you know, Marvin and Sai fit. Which no, or uh, either not. of you guys could, could pull this, beat this record? Jeez. Not me. <laughs> it ain't me. It ain't me, Jack. Maybe <laughs> I'm sorry you got it, bro. <laughs> yeah. After about 250, I'm like, woo. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sahi will beat the record. He, he'll beat the record. He'll do it in, he'll do 54 push-ups a day for 62 days, and he'll beat the record in 62. You beat the right. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe Sahi could do it in 62 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 60 That's minutes. Incredible. Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been an awesome show. Thank you, fellas, as always. And thank you, folks out there, for watching and listening to The Wire. Make sure you check us out on h2gpodcast.com. Don't miss the H2G podcast in their brand new time slot on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch all of our old content at h2gpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Google Podcasts and where all audio podcasts are played. You can find us there. For The Wire this week, I'm Justo. We'll see you next Wednesday at 8. You know, I am pretty sure I could do 50 push-ups in a day. (laughs) 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 I've done 150 push-ups. Just do 10 every commercial. Just do uh, 10 10 push-ups every commercial break. Yeah. 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 Yeah.